Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Thanks for joining us. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Good to see you, homie. Um, have an excellent show for you today. This episode is brought to you by my good friends over at Jombo Superfoods. Go to jombocbd.com today and check out their full line of products. They have a ghee that you can cook with or you can add to your coffee. Even you, They have bombs. Uh, they have a muscle bomb. They have a lip balm. They have sprays and they have drops. They just have the best CBD products hands down. Now, if you are in California which I know a lot of my listeners are. They do also make THC products. Go check out one of your local dispensaries. If they don't have their line, ask for it. They should definitely be carrying it. These are by far the the best on the market. So for the rest of us, again, go to jombocbd.com. You can check out their full line. I love the Muscle Bomb. It has been game-changing since I've implemented it into my uh, daily uh, recovery protocol. I use it on anywhere that's sore, on my joints, on my muscles. It's phenomenal. I use the 200 milligram extra strength with menthol. They do also carry a 100 milligram muscle bomb. Being able to topically, you know, apply the CBD and address inflammation and soreness and just tight joints, um, it's just, it's just been, it's just been. I, I couldn't recommend it enough. So, go check them out. You can save 20% off of your entire order by using the code OUTSIDE at checkout. Again, use the code OUTSIDE at checkout and you will save 20% off of your entire order. All right, a couple other housekeeping things. Do me a favor. If you are getting value out of the podcast, just go tell a friend. You know, just share it. uh, Let them know. Uh, just, you know, what's, what's your favorite episode, you know, recommend that to somebody and help us grow this thing. Also leave a five-star rating review. If you're on, uh, if you're listening on Apple podcast, if you're listening on another platform, comment, like it, whatever it is that you need to do on there. I cannot thank you guys enough for this. Let's just keep growing this. Um, it's been amazing. The type of growth that the podcast has had. Um, I think we're in every state except for, I think there's like maybe six or seven states that we're not in right now and then we're in another uh i think 14 other countries so this thing is growing and uh i mean i just i can't thank you guys enough it's just it's mind-blowing to think that we're coming uh shit i guess by the time this is released we should be coming up at the end of the ninth month and uh man month one i think i had just barely over 100 views and downloads and everything so we're coming a long way guys so thank you so so much man let's just keep growing this thing and if you do like this podcast i think you'll also really enjoy my buddy's podcast um the why not podcast with justin bricker go check that out he's having some uh he's having some great guests uh come on the show and sit down and his conversations are just again a little bit different style than mine so i think you'll really enjoy it he drops an episode a week it's definitely one of my favorite podcasts to listen to so the Why Not Podcast with Justin Bricker. Check it out. Now, my guest today is Kelly D'Angelo. Kelly is a fucking awesome person. She is a firefighter. She's an EMT. She's a professional fighter. She's an atom weight for the Invicta FC Championships. Uh, champion. That's probably, probably redundant. Invicta Fighting Championships. FC Championships is like saying Fighting Championship 
championships. Anyway, she's just a, she's a badass human, and um, man, I really enjoyed sitting down with her. She has definitely um, overco- you know overcame some things in her life, and I really appreciate her coming on and sharing some of those. Uh, so without any further ado, Kelly D'Angelo, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here we go. Kelly D'Angelo. How are you? Good. Oh, man. Let me get uh, adjusted here for a second. (laughs) We're crossed up here. So thank you so much for all the gifts that you brought me. Like For the (laughs) listeners, you brought me some some eggs from your chickens. Mm -hmm. You've been making soap and uh, some bath bombs. Yep. That is so cool. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You're showing the softer side of me now. The softer side? (laughs) Yeah. You're only supposed to be a badass fighter, right? (laughs) What is Kelly D'Angelo doing in her downtime? Oh, she makes soap. That's a cool, hey, you know, uh, every time I think of soap makers, I always think about uh, Fight Club. Oh, there. I'll take that. So uh, you're in good company. Tyler Durden. I nice. Love, I yeah. I love that movie. Yep. I didn't even movies. think of that. I like that. That's the, that's the only, like, any time, especially if somebody's making soap, I'm just like the, the image of the soap. Yeah. Like, I can the, picture it now. Yeah. That's awesome. what comes to mind every time. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. What 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 uh, what were those scents that you brought me? They smell so good. Um. So one of them is goat's milk, shea butter, and clary sage, which okay. is like a mild soap and good for people with like eczema and stuff like that. Okay. And um, I think the other one I chose for you, it might have been the orange zest. I'll have to check again. But yeah. that's literally like you sit there and zest an orange. Like it's all natural stuff. That's and like, where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. We're all we're often trying to uh, just emulate nature in a lab. And they just create all these artificial scents and stuff. But the natural way is where it's at. See, that's where it came from, though, is I uh, started seeing what's in deodorant. I make my own deodorant. Yeah, and like I just don't wear it, so I stink all the time. Well, <laughs> there's times I, I'm not gonna lie. There's times I ran out, and I'm like, I can't put the other stuff on. I've already committed. Yeah. So I've showed up to the gym, and I felt bad for my partner, but I'm like, I don't have deodorant on today. It is. What I'm gonna it be is. the smelly kid. You're just gonna have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But um, seeing all the chemicals and stuff and everything, that's where I got into even getting into that stuff. Was yeah. I'm like, I don't want to put that in my body. There's already too much bad exposure, especially with the fire service. Right. The stuff we get exposed to, why am I going to add to it on top of it? So. Yeah, I can only imagine just the uh, the chemicals that you're exposed to on a regular basis as a firefighter. Yeah. Oh, shit. So did you see that documentary about chemicals? Uh, what was it called? Um, was it one of the farming? I've watched. Was it on Netflix? It was on Netflix. I've probably watched it because I got into like a big binge thing for a while yeah. about watching all those and there's ones like with farming and the chemicals for pesticides and herbicides and yeah yeah man i really wish i could remember what this was called but oh well either way it was basically just it was just shedding light on just all of the like the chemicals that we're exposed to just on a regular basis like just flame retardants on couches and, mm-hmm. and sofas and obviously like bpa and like plastics and just all these different chemicals that are everywhere yeah yeah I, i've switched to just as natural as i possibly can so like wood and metal um and glass yeah like no plastics really at all it's hard to avoid though it's it there. is hard to avoid yeah i've i've i think they use plastic for my shoulder surgery i have like plastic in me 
Oh. <laughs> You're like, I can't run away now. <laughs> I know. I asked them about metal, uh, if they could use something, some sort of metal, and they said that uh, they could, but they would it would have, like, taken longer. We would have had to, like, we would have had to wait to, like, schedule the surgery because they would have, like, have to have ordered those in or some shit. Yeah. Like, they just didn't have them on hand and readily available. So I'm just like, hmm. And then he expressed some sort of concern with it, like, maybe it wouldn't have had it wouldn't have healed as easily. Are you familiar with this? Well, I think somebody's, uh, some people's bodies reject the metal. Okay. So then it takes longer to heal and then more susceptible to infection and everything else. For some reason, the plastic stuff they're making now, it's accepted better. I don't know why. Hmm. I wonder why. Either way, I just rolled with it. I just rolled. Have you had any surgeries? Uh, no, actually. Um, fortunate. Close, you know, couple uh tendons and stuff like that that got to the brink yeah but almost surgery probably would have been better for some rather than like the extended rehab and off time you think yeah i mean it's just pretty brutal though them cutting into you sometimes but then some of these injuries just feel like they're they're just there forever yeah just like nagging injuries yeah that's where stem cells come in like we were talking about that's true yeah see man i just can't wait for stem cells i'll probably have to try it have you um have you done any research on them at all? Not like actually looking it up myself, but I've talked to several people who've done it and I really haven't heard anything bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm about it. There's a few different ways to get it done. There's a place in Chesterfield called uh, Blue Tail, I think it's called. and uh, That might be one of the ones I heard about. Yeah, I went and checked them out. They told me my shoulder sur- like was too bad and I had to have surgery. But I think what mm. they do is they extract the... Um, they extract the marrow out of your hip and then they take that to a centrifuge and put that through its process and whatnot. And then they get your stem cells that way. And I think they might pair it with like a PRP. Yeah. I know there's several different techniques now. Yeah. I know. Um, it's fascinating stuff. There was something with rooster comb that was getting used. Rooster comb? Yeah. What is rooster comb? Like have you ever seen a rooster in his little spike and oh, stuff? Oh, that? Yeah. yeah it's like squishy material. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. They were using that for, I, I don't know if it was like joints, like in between the joints and stuff. Really? But hmm. pretty creative. That's fascinating stuff. Hmm. Well, I am so fascinated by um, all the stuff that you're doing, Kelly. So for the listeners, you are a professional fighter. You are a firefighter, par- paramedic, mm-hmm. right? Um, just an all-around badass. I'm sure I miss, I miss <laughs> some stuff. So I want to, uh, like, kind of go back to your journey a little bit, like the beginning of your journey a little bit. What, um, like, what was your beginning? So were you an athlete growing up? No. no. <laughs> what, was, what, what, was early life, what was early life like for you? Uh, so I got into athletics a little later in high school. Okay. Um, but... So I grew up in a pretty small town, Perryville, Missouri, mm-hmm. and um, you know I had the out in the country kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Um, we had a single wide trailer my dad built onto. Um, we had an old Impala in the backyard <laughs> with the burn barrel next to it. Okay, you know, yeah. a creek next to it. We have a ninety-acre farm that we'd usually go to on the weekends and stuff. I hunted, I fished, I four-wheeled. I was outdoors, went to mud runs. Yeah. Um, and if you would have told me at any point, Kelly, one day you were going to be a professional athlete, there is no way in hell I would have ever believed you. Yeah. Um, 
I was a little heavier, um, like fried food. Yeah. Like my after school treat when I got off the bus was a, a jar of marshmallow cream. Oh, Do you remember shit. those? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could just sit there with a spoon, put the whole thing down. Shit. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't say I would have ever thought the athletic part would come in, but um, there's there's a little part of that I actually don't tell a whole lot of people. Um, I was a happy kid and everything had a great um, mom and dad, you know, I think mom got married when she's like 19 or 20, mm-hmm. you know, um, small town, little family. Yeah. Like we didn't have a whole lot of money, but if I wanted something like, I remember mom talking about standing in line at Walmart for a Furby for like six hours one year, you know, like it was, they did everything they could and, and, you know, taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the cars break down. I'm I'm usually under it. I'm working on them, stuff like that, changing my own tires. And that was, you know, my dad's like, come here. You need to learn something. Yeah. But um, I was in band. Um, can't say I was real good at playing instruments. So I uh, got shifted to flag girl. Okay. You know, like the, the cute spandex suits, mm-hmm. but you put a kind of chunky girl in it. It doesn't look <laughs> so good. <laughs> that was me and it, we were the Perryville Pirates yeah so it was green which made it even more attractive yeah you, you stuck out yeah you know the little <laughs> <laughs> out there on the track at football games yep exactly yep. and um you know I actually I would get in trouble for talking in a class? lot yeah okay. during our practices and I'd have to jog laps around the parking lot which was the worst thing in the world yeah. to me at the time um so that was my most activity if it wasn't like helping at the farm or something like that was like getting in trouble yeah during flag practice yeah when you're in high school (laughs) getting made to run is the worst i know i know it doesn't matter what sport or what level it's just like go run it's like oh fuck really yeah oh god so yeah yeah, i mean country life huh it didn't it didn't start out thinking i'd be a professional athlete in any way um but uh so high school you know, you get a little later. Kids are brutal. Yeah. Like, especially high school. Fucking kids, assholes. Kids can be brutal. Yeah. And uh, I haven't really talked to a whole lot of people about this. Some of my closer friends. But uh, I actually, I started going through an eating disorder in high school. Oh, really? And uh, I decided um, the best way to lose weight, since I didn't have a whole lot of knowledge on anything myself, was to just not eat. Stop eating. Entirely. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean... So, uh, you know, here's the fucked up thing about that, though. <laughs> <laughs> the messed up part about that is that fasting is actually good for you, right? Yes. But it's not, but if you do it unhealthy, not right? for days and days and days <laughs> on end. Yeah, when you, exactly. It's like when you, you know, that mental aspect yeah. of it. So, like, the first couple of days I did it, it was probably like my body's like, whoa. Yeah. It might, it might have been okay. Yeah. But, uh, I got where to keep going, I pretty much just drink soda. So the caffeine kept me going. Oh, yeah. Sugar, caffeine. Exactly. You're not getting, it's all empty calories. But wasn't eating. Yeah. And uh, I'm standing in the kitchen one day and everything goes black. I'm still conscious. Like I am fully alert of what's going on, but I cannot see a thing. It's like I went blind. How long did that last for? Um, I started screaming hysterically. My mom came running up the hall and I sat down on the floor. Um, It lasted several minutes minutes yes oh shit because she's sitting there and she's like what do you mean you can't see me yeah. and my eyes were wide open everything well it was my body starting to shut down shut down like i was already losing kind of chunks of hair 
Oh, really? Stuff like that. It's completely so, malnourished. Yes. Um, how, how overweight were you whenever you started this process? Um, I mean, I have pictures. It wasn't like obese, but yeah. I was a, I was a heavier girl for my, you know, my I'm five two. Yeah. And um, I was wearing like size thirteen jeans. Okay. And it's, t- it's tough when you're in high school too, right? Because you're still exactly. growing into your body. So, like, so it's, that's, that's okay. That's yeah. okay for girls. Yeah. But you feel like it's not. Right. You feel like, cause some, there are girls that are built way smaller. And you're yeah. like, I should be like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not everybody's journey. That's not your body. That's not what it's going through. Yeah. You know, and it, your body builds itself off of, you know, I should have been living a healthier lifestyle, but I didn't know how to yet. Yeah. And when you grew up in rural Missouri, like that's real common. Not yeah. not very many um, health conscious people. Are yeah, around. we like fried food. We like yeah. <laughs> well, also, I mean, for even people who like grow their own food and have chickens and different things. Like I grew up on my grandmother's farm, so we had a lot of that. But there was still always like you're frying with like low grade oils yes. a lot, right? Or there's a lot of white bread, and then there's lunch meat, and then you know the the fucking the soda, yeah, and chips and the sodas, and, and yeah, yeah. So it's just like all these fucking sugars. Yeah, which yeah. is crazy. We had our own chicken. You know, um, we had eggs all the time. We had guineas. We had rabbits. We yeah. grew our own garden. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I still chose the chips and the marshmallow cream and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, after that little incident, um, my mom took me to the doctor. And it's crazy what food does to you. Not just people worry about, like, their size or their performance, but your emotions. Yeah. Um, and lack of food does mm-hmm. for you. Because uh, I, I always thought I was a pretty happy kid. Mm-hmm. And um, even talking to my mom later, it I was a completely different person. Mm-hmm. But I was doing that to my body. Like, just, you know, the doctor came in. She felt around on my stomach. And they did blood work. And she's like, Kelly, when's the last time you ate? And my answer to her was like, I don't fucking know. I don't keep track of that. You want me to write it down for you? Yeah. And I'm like... Just, I even heard it come out of my mouth and I'm like, wow, you're, I was just a different person. Yeah. And, um, so they brought me up to Cardinal Glennon and I had to sit down with dietitians. I had to write out my calories. I had to learn about food. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, I had a, I had an aunt at the time that ran marathons all the time and loved running, Mm -hmm. still loves running. And, uh, she said, Hey, why don't why don't you join your cousin and try cross country? <laughs> and I just had flashbacks of like running around that parking lot. And I'm like, no, 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 Never. no, no. Well, they convinced me because of course, you know, going through a, an eating disorder or anything, you're calorie conscious. You're like, well, if I eat it, I have to burn it, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, she's like, you know, running burns a lot of calories and um, talked me into it. Um, I had to figure out my calorie count every day. I had to learn about these foods, what they were putting in my body, what I was not getting and, um, figure out what I was burning during the day and, uh, tried cross country. Showed the first day. They're like, all right, we're doing three miles today. And I'm like, you're doing three miles today. I'm not doing three miles today. Yeah. I wasn't about that life. So, uh, I got about a half mile in, was thrown up and, uh, had to turn around, kind of walk a shame back to school by myself. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, I kept showing up. 
and by my second year I was on the senior team and um which I guess I started at the end of my sophomore I did their last couple of practices with them so going into my junior year um and in my junior year I was on the pretty much one of the top runners for nice. them for females and then um by I guess my first year or second year out of high school I ran my first marathon oh really yeah oh shit that's killer I'm gonna run a marathon in December it's gonna be all on a trail though that's I would rather do that yeah the asphalt really yeah messes up your body especially if you don't know how to run correctly right Cause yes so, so many people are heel strikers or they run yep. too much on their toe they won't like they won't be like you know midfoot strikers and then, uh, I mean, in high school, like, how many coaches really know? You, they don't. Yeah. I mean, and that's so many kids to keep track of. Yeah. The, to evaluate the way each one of them, their gait is and everything else. That's right. way too many kids. Yeah, that's a lot. So how long did you go without eating? What was what was the longest stretch for you? I mean, I would give in, you know, every once. I mean, this went on for s- several months, probably three or four months of, like, yeah. Up and down. And you can see actually from dance photos. Um, I had like a some kind of event at school and then our other school in town was St. Vincent's. Okay. And I had a cousin that went there. Yeah. So I would always go with her to her dances and she would always go with me to my dances. Okay. So our schools had one a couple months apart and this girl and this girl were completely different people. Yeah. And you can tell I look kind of sick and like sucked in. yeah 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 like you're cutting weight exactly exactly <laughs> so um it was definitely a very unhealthy drop yeah but you know it's one of those things it sounds so cliche everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. but i would have never learned the things i did about nutrition yeah if, if i wouldn't have went through it yeah it sounds as if like that was the catalyst for you like learning you know what even like what is a calorie how am i burning calories like yeah. you know what am i actually eating and taking in you know what i mean exactly yeah and yeah. what's the healthy way to to burn it or you know to build my body where it can burn it better yeah so. yeah because i mean like like you said it, i mean it affected your mood i mean so many people i'm so big on that because you know doctors today they're so quick to just to uh you know subscribe prescribe like an SSRI for depression Mm -hmm. but you know 80 to 90 percent of our neurotransmitters are created in our gut so the things that we eat and and like you know it it literally affects like how we interact with this world that you know the thoughts that we have the mood that we have exactly it affects everything I think people don't ever really look at that quote you are what you eat yeah. Like you literally you really, are what you eat. Yeah. Have you heard in you are what you eat ate? Meaning like if you eat animals, like what they eat, you all, like that also affects yes. you? Yeah. yeah I've so, heard that too. I mean. That's where it comes like the pastures and stuff that are treated. You yeah. got cows going in, eating all the herbicides and stuff like yeah. that. And then you're eating them. I mean, it's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess you could extend that to plants too, right? I mean, pesticides, do they eat that? I don't know. Now we're getting to it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so important because it, it and you like it makes up our cells. Like even like on like the like the biological level, it's so weird because in college, like I hated biology, 
but like I wasn't fond either. Yeah, I uh, wish I would have paid more attention. Me now too, that. because <laughs> like I like looking in the microscope and looking at these cells and different things. I'm like, this is so stupid. Why would I need to know this as a doctor? Like, because I was I was pre med for a while. Like, I don't want to like I didn't want to learn any of this. I wanted to learn like practical application stuff. So I did I did athletic training for a little bit and like that I did great at that because it's like what we're learning is what we're going to be using. But the more I learn about health and and now I I, I study science all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, I wish I would have like uh, <laughs> maybe just had a, a more of a passion for it. Well, it's like a uh, math. Did you ever like, I'm not going to need this shit when I get older. Your parents are like, you're going to need it. You're yeah. going to need it. You're going to wish you would have paid attention. Which kind of math we talk in? <laughs> I know. I know. Honestly, though, I was I was determined I wasn't going to need it as a paramedic. Yeah. You need it. Drug I'm, dosages and yeah. stuff like that. I'm like, crap, I really wish I would have paid more attention during those classes. Yeah. Mom was right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good at basic math. Like, I mean, I can add pretty quick, multiply, divide, uh, percentages. Like, I'm pretty good at that. But I'm not, I a, mean, not a math person. Like, algebra, solving for X. I mean, unless you're like a... Yeah, when they started adding all the, the even, alphabet, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, that shit's not for me. Like, I don't need to know. I mean, I guess it does help to know probably, like, radiuses and... Yeah. But it's like... <laughs> I, I got a calculator everywhere I go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, um, so cross country mm-hmm. right that was kind of like your introduction to, to fitness like, in general to fitness and just yeah. being conscious like what you're putting in your body right yep. it's like so were you uh so like no more field parties no more hanging out in the walmart parking lot no oh uh, i wouldn't say that <laughs> i wouldn't say that but it, it's weird because it does change your social environment too okay you know you start picking friends that have the same same goals same interests same right and um you know there's uh there's a lot of things that made me change my path to come to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fire service was actually the main thing. That's what brought you up here? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was actually going to be a cop first. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I got a job at a factory in town, Gilster Mary Lee, which uh, all the Paravillians will know very well because I think everybody or at least somebody in their families worked there. What does the factory do? Is it a shoe factory? So they, No, they did. They, there was a shoe factory in town, actually. <laughs> my grandpa my grandpa used to work at a shoe factory. Um, but this, they do foods, like uh, cereals, but they do a lot of the off-brand stuff. Okay. Like instead of like Fruit Loops, it's like Fruitos. Yeah, the generic you know. stuff. What yeah. does normal folks buy? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and um, popcorn. They did a lot of popcorn. Okay. So uh, I was on a, a line, got to stack like popcorn boxes all day and fill bags and stuff like that, yeah. which, um, you know, that's some, it's hard work. Yeah. It's some really hard work. I've had a ton of jobs and those blue collar jobs are so important. They, I mean, I'm at the time I hated my dad for like being like, you need to, you need to go out there and work. You need yeah. to go out there and work. And I'd show up every day and be like, I can't believe you. Let, I let him talk me into this sucks because yeah. I, I would be dead by the time I went home. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I look back and it, it, it taught me a lot, you know, and also I ended up being a, a line leader there within, you know, I think it was like five or six months and yeah. I had adults that were under me, but it, it, it showed me like just work, like just put in the work, dedicate yeah. yourself and like you'll move up and stuff that you want. Yeah, it's and like put your nose to the fucking yeah, like grind and like just go. Come and do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And give it give it everything and you'll get you'll get out of it. Yeah. And um you know, 
I, I knew I didn't want to do that my whole life. And right. You know, Did you have that thought when you were doing like, I can't do this. Forever. Yeah. yeah. And I have to give the people credit that do because some people may get a career move. Yeah. And it's it's a hard it's a hard job to do your whole life. Yeah. And if, if, that, if that's what some people are like able to do, like that's totally cool. You know what I mean? But you just knew it wasn't for you. No. Yeah. And um, so I started taking uh, classes at the community college in town, which mineral area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided I was going to be an officer. Um, and I started taking a couple of criminal law classes and I had a buddy, which you're going to love. Uh, it's not his real name, but his name in town that everybody knows him by is Bubba. Bubba. Yes. <laughs> um, was my best friend. That's awesome. And, he's um, a big dude, right? he's very big dude. You guys are like the best duo. It, we were hilarious because, uh, <laughs> he, he convinced me to get on the volunteer fire department. Okay. So we showed up and it was Bubba and Kelly, you know, like the two most extreme sizes of people you could think of on a fire service. Yeah. And uh, I loved it. I was completely in love with it. Um, had uh, a couple. Th- I didn't really enjoy the EMS part of it until um, I was actually at the family farm and we heard a crash. And uh, it ended up being somebody I knew and went to school with. And it was a decent enough crash that he... Um, he was bleeding pretty bad and I ended up like tourniqueting his arm and it was just like basic stuff that I, I learned at the the firehouse. Mm-hmm. And I actually had his dad call me the next day and said the surgeon and everybody said like, if you weren't on scene as rule of an area th- as that was, then he might not be here or he'd be in way worse when condition. Bled out or- yeah. And it was, it was really awesome to be like, I, I I changed that. Like I did it. I made a difference. Yeah. You saved a life. Yeah. So the passion for the EMS part kind of kicked in there and Perryville don't have, um, full time. Okay. So I would either have to go to Cape Girardeau or St. Louis. Yeah. Much better choice. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So, um, my adventure button kicked in and, uh, when I came up here the first time I, it was the first time I parked in a parking garage. Really? First time I used a taxi. First time I used a parking meter. It was, uh, yeah. So growing up, did you travel very much? Not really. Um, I'd been to Maryland driving. Okay. And, uh, we took the family vacation to Branson. Yeah. You know, the Midwest dream. Yeah. Family vacation. Yeah. See, I I mean, I grew up very similar, like in Potosi, Missouri. Like I didn't, like my family wasn't very, like they didn't have very much money. So I didn't travel at all yeah, we didn't take a lot of vacations yeah i think i went to we went to branson i think like once as a kid we would go to like elephant rocks and johnson shut yeah which that was close to us yeah we go like six flags up here in st louis all the time but like we never i never traveled outside of the state growing up very much yeah yeah and my well my first time on a plane was uh 20 23 or 24 i think okay so after after i moved up here yeah but (laughs) yeah was it like a big shock moving up to the to the big city? It was, I am not going to lie, and it makes me sound like a baby, but, like, even th- my first time driving downtown, mm-hmm. I called my dad crying. Really? Because I freaked out. I got down there. There's one-way streets, and, like, everybody else is in a, a rush. You know, like, I'm sure you've seen, like, small-town driving compared to, like, downtown St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what even, you know, St. Louis driving compared to a city like L.A. or Chicago isn't even the same. Yeah. So it was very overwhelming. And my dad is always the person I could always call. Like he's he he knows directions everywhere. Okay. But not in downtown St. Louis. 
because he does not go there. He doesn't like downtown St. Louis. Okay. And uh, I called him just ball, and he's like, well, I can't help you. I don't know anything down there. I can't help you. Um, which was also the first day for the, the parking garage. Nobody told me how to keep the little ticket. I didn't know that. I thought it was like a receipt, you know, threw it away. I get to the window and she's like, give me your ticket. And I'm like, what ticket? She wasn't going to let me out. I had to pay a whole day Yeah. for like one hour. You said I pay the max. Yes. So that's a bummer. You know, there was some, a little learning curve. For sure. But. (laughs) Did it make you like hate the city? Like a little bit like, fuck this place. I went through the, what did I get myself into? Should I just go home? Yeah. You know, cause, uh. I had a, a buddy from cross country that I moved up here and I was living on his couch Okay. until I got my shit together and um, got hired on Abbott EMS and was like, I got to find an apartment. And I pretty much decided within a couple weeks when I was in Perryville that I'm going to St. Louis. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Call my friend. He's like, all right, you can stay on the couch. Come on up. Right. So I was. Up there, never drove around St. Louis by myself before. And then trying to drive around, find a job, and yeah. do all this stuff. Well, so. at least you had a friend that would, like, let you crash on the couch. Yeah. That's fucking, man, that's so, like, invaluable. Yeah. He saved me. He saved me a lot. And he still, to this day, keeps in contact for things. And Yeah. Nice. But yeah, like, today, though, could you live in Perryville? Could I? Could you? Um, so. It's a lot slower, though, right? <laughs> the thing is. <laughs> So my husband, Jimmy, mm-hmm. um, he actually grew up in Spanish Lake and then moved out to Troy. So he had the opposite, you know, yeah. Spanish Lake to rural community. But even Spanish Lake isn't like super city. No. Um, I mean, it's, but he was close, so he was exposed to everything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Spanish Lake just, isn't far. There. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we went, you know. We go down to Perryville and I forget things like, um, you know, if we get busy during the day here and I'm like, I get a workout in, you could, you can go anywhere in St. Louis, Mm -hmm. like club fitness. You could pay a membership to go in for the night or, you know, I, you know, I have a key to the gym. I, any, no, not in Perryville. Like the community center closes. There's one other like gym, but it's a key card gym and it's private and that's it. That's it. You know, no other options. And we've showed up later in town on like a, a Thursday night. And I'm like, you know, let's go into town, get a run in before we go out to my parents' house. Cause that's on a, a highway. And I'm like, we're not running out there. Yeah. So we've been running down St. Joe, which is like the main strip. You, know, <laughs> you, you got the little square with the courthouse and the tower in the middle. Yep. And the only car you see or voices are like, in a few little bars around the square and there's nobody else out, you know, yeah. it's quiet. You can hear crickets in town. <laughs> you would never be able to hear crickets. Everything just in downtown shuts down. Yeah. <sighs> well, yeah. Well, even St. Louis though, isn't as like crowded as some places like yeah. downtown, which is kind of nice, I guess. But, um, damn it, Kelly, I had a thought and I just lost it. That's right. I had a thought <laughs> and I lost it. Cause I, cause I switched to like not being busy. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What were you saying? Say it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Which part? Oh, God damn it. Well, I mean, I, so moving up to St. Louis. You moved to St. Louis. Living on a buddy's couch. Buddy's couch. Started working for a private ambulance district. Yeah. I don't know. It was a real time thing. Either way, I lost it. What's it like? 
Um, fucking rolling up on a scene. Oh, like fire EMS? Fire, yeah, EMS. Um, you know, we get a lot of those stories of like, what's the worst thing you've ever seen? You know? Yeah. And it's a hard question to answer. Yeah, I'm I'm less worried about the worst thing you've ever seen. I'm more like, I'm just curious, like, what's it like for you? Like, what's going through your head? Or especially in the beginning, you know what I mean? Like, what what thoughts are rolling through your head? Like, you know what I mean? Like, are you prioritizing this, this, and this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think in the beginning of everybody's, um, when they get into the field, like, I remember as a new medic, we get we get dispatched and the dispatch tells you so much information usually not enough Mm -hmm. um but what they do tell you you're trying to look through you know your protocols on the way and like remember what was the dosage for this in case it turns into this and all this kind of stuff or even fire scenes if it's a basement fire i need to pull this line and and you're just you know preparing for anything yeah um but i started in the fire service and um I guess 2005 is when I started volunteering. Got on my first ambulance district in 2007. Yeah. So, you know, I've been around for a little while. And me and my husband were actually talking about this the other day. Uh, you kind of just go autopilot now. Like right. you. It's just the job now. Yeah. Um, you know not to get too excited till you get there because, you know, we've gotten calls for chest pain and we get there and the guy has a, a shoulder injury. Yeah. You know, or. We've gotten called for a headache, and we get there, and the lady's in cardiac arrest. Yeah. So you never know until you walk in the door. And it, it's pretty crazy to see how a group operates. Like, the other day, we, had a, we actually have an, an overdose. And our group's so calm. Like, we're having a discussion while we're each doing our thing. One of us is starting an IV. One's pulling up a med. One's bagging them. One's, you know, and it's... Super calm. Flawless. Yeah. All of us knows our duty. If that person's doing that, we need to do this. And, you know, I think it just comes with time, what yeah. your reaction is and how you're going to handle it when you get there. Yeah. I'm sure that's um, it's a big benefit for fighting, right? Being able to control your adrenaline, right? The crazy thing is, is I do get nervous. Yeah. I'll admit it. Of like, course. Everybody gets yeah. nervous. Some people are like, I don't. I don't really care. I don't, it doesn't bother me to fight, but I get nervous. You know, anything can happen in there. And, uh, you know, I think the main thing is like injury is usually my, my thought that comes to my head because it affects my job as well. Yeah. But, um, there's really, other than that, um, it, the adrenaline don't, it's not bad for a fight. I think like I've seen other people like they're, like mm-hmm. shaking or they throw up back pa- backstage or something like that. Yeah. I don't get that. And I think it's probably yeah from what I do as a career. Yeah, I'm sure that helps condition the body for sure. Yeah. I would get so relaxed. I could take naps before fights. That's how Jimmy is. Yeah. I'm actually like, do you need me to slap you around or something? Like, you need to. That can almost be that. <laughs> it can be just as bad as being too hyped. Yeah. Being too relaxed. No, he's scared me of how calm he is. Like, I, you're getting ready to fight. You know yeah. that, right? Yeah. Whenever I watch people fight, especially teammates and stuff, that's whenever my heart's going the most. So <laughs> imagine no husband then. in there. I bet you guys are probably on the just side of fucking the ring. constantly yeah. just in stress mode all the time. That's when I get the like, yeah. you know, shaken is when he's in there. And I know it'll be fine, but you want it for them so bad. Absolutely. You know, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I want him to feel the win. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what gets me going. Yeah. And Jimmy competes a lot. 
Yeah, he's a very active fighter. Yeah. I think he's putting a timeline on himself, which he shouldn't, because um, I I mean we're the we're some of the old people in the gym. <laughs> uh, how long have you been fighting now? Um, MMA. Yeah. I, we we were trying to figure out the other day the other day if it's uh if I'm on my third or fourth year. Okay, but you started so, boxing beforehand. Yeah. Okay. So um, and I don't even know. I think 2011 was my first boxing match. Ten yeah. or eleven, so something it's been like a little that. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. But that was um, you know, that was charity that we usually did that for. So it was like a once a year thing. Guns and hoses. Yeah. Okay. So um, you know, it it we haven't r- the last two or three years is the only time we've really been like. You know, yeah. all in and ready to go for this. And at one point, I don't he he actually originally didn't think he was going to do MMA. Yeah, he thought he was just going to do boxing. What what made him? Did you made him kind of make that? Well, that switch. Or I what? mean, I tricked him a little bit. Okay. But um, I actually started boxing before he did too. Um, I wanted to do Guns and Hoses, mm-hmm. and he they used to give him so much shit. Um. He'd come, and he was in medic school at the time, so he'd study, and I was boxing. And then they talked him into doing it. So, and of course, he is really good at it. Mm-hmm. But I started the MMA stuff, and he was like, "Nah, I'm not gonna do all that, you know, getting choked, and I'm not. I'm just gonna keep boxing." <laughs> and then it got to a point, you know, I don't like. I need to practice this. I don't have a training partner. You know, I, I need somebody my size or I need a smaller guy or something like that. So, like, you know, kind of like yeah, suck him in a little bit. And he started kind of catching on to things and realizing he'd be good on the ground. Yeah, and he's good at it. But the main thing was his first MMA fight and he knocked the guy out. Yeah. He's always been the small guy in boxing. So, I think it was on a, a more level playing field for him in MMA. Yeah. And uh, he knocked the guy out. And after that, he's like, I didn't hardly even get hit. Because in boxing, they take so many blows. Yeah, I tell people that all the time. Like, MMA, it can seem like more brutal of a sport because there are more ways to get hurt. Yeah. But there's also more ways to defend yourself. Exactly. And we we actually counted um, in one of his boxing matches, I think he threw like a hundred and some punches. And that that was them going back and forth. So that's probably he probably got hit, you know, at least half of that. Yeah. Yeah. So and we watched his MMA fight and it's like six or seven good shots, you know, and he knocks the guy out. So it's kind of like you got to everybody thinks the MMA thing is just crazy. But some of my hardest things were we're boxing for sure by far because if you're not on the same level as your opponent you're just going to be a punching bag yes and you have no way to defend yourself like i can't grab you and hold you yeah they're gonna break us up right and it's harder to it's harder to finish in a boxing fight yeah you're gonna take more damage before i mean if you want to hang in there and be tough and you're like i'm gonna get knocked out it's gonna take longer for you to get knocked out (laughs) (laughs) yeah it really will right and you can get knocked out and and you can still recover and get back up like a flash knockout and and get hurt some more but like in mma like man if the if if you get knocked down like that and somebody capitalizes it's gonna be over yeah it's gonna be pretty bad even that i always worry about the brain so much 
But even like, man, those shots that people take after they get knocked out. Yeah. It's like, fuck, man. Did yep. you watch that Wonder Boy fight? Yes. I was just thinking of it when you yeah, were saying that. Yeah, I was that. just thinking that because he got hit and then his head hit the ground. Yeah. And then, and then he. Two more shots afterwards. Yeah. As soon as it bounced off the mat, he hit him again. Like that first and one. And there's, there's another bounce after that, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, fuck, dude. Yeah. That one was pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he's going to be the same fighter after that one. Um, I mean. Who knows? You see those karate guys, it only takes one person to, like, figure out their style. And then, for some reason, everybody else has them, has their number for some reason. Well, it's such a... I think karate is such a... It's all structured. But, um, I mean, you got to think... The guys that practice karate, the katas and stuff... Yeah. They, it goes over and over and over and over again. I don't I don't think they cycle as much in. That style is their, their style. Yeah. You know, especially they start it young. Yeah, it's such a foundation that they built for a certain style that I I don't I don't know if they evolve away from that like it's there. Yeah, no, it'll always be there, right? Because especially with Wonder Boy, he did like the point fighting and whatnot. So mm-hmm. you he, can tell, like as soon had, as his stance, yeah, he came out. I'm th- like, you knew he was a point fighter. At yeah, one point. that's his that's his style. But like in the beginning of his career, and like you you would see it back in the day with like Lyoto Mochita, like. Back back in the day, in the beginning, nobody could beat him, right? Like er, he was just tearing through everybody. For some reason, nobody could figure out that style. But then, like one person did. Yeah. And then I don't know if it's just like one of those things to where it's like now it's like all of a sudden like possible. Like everybody can say, "All right, all right, now I see it." So everybody can do it. Like they just they're just not as effective as they were at the beginning of their career. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to be the same thing for him, but or a mental block. Who knows. Who knows? I digress. I, how the fuck did we get there? <laughs> oh, Jimmy knocked somebody out. You know, yeah. has many ways to feed. Yeah, because yeah, if you're getting beat up, if you're getting beat up in boxing, you can't just take. But in, in MMA, you can take them down. You can hold them. You mm-hmm. can fucking grapple. You like, can rest. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that you can do there. Um, I had that thought. That thought came back. Um, so when you and Jimmy travel, um, like the Perryville or anything like that, have you thought about taking like a kettlebell or anything with you? Yeah, actually, we do take stuff with us. Okay. So, um, make it a body weight workout at the very least. Well, and we also, we, uh, we fixed up a camper last year and we took it down there and left it in my hometown. Yeah. Cause my mom and my mom and dad stay at a campground pretty much all summer. And my mom works there and does the activities for Mm -hmm. them. And, uh, so we left our camper there and we have mats that we take with us. Um, we have bands that we take with us, pads, gloves, kettlebells. Um, and it's a little gym right there. Yeah. That's yeah. legit. You guys are like the best training partners, right? Because Jimmy's not a very big guy. Exactly. And yeah, and like, you, he, how tall is Jimmy? Like five. Uh, like five eight, eight or five nine. I yeah. think. Yeah. So yeah, so you guys like work really well together. Like yeah, that's fucking like the best thing possible. And you don't have an ego, so yeah. I if I start getting him a little bit in something, he don't like powder get weird or yeah. get too rough or anything like that. So yeah, jujitsu will kill your ego fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's the <laughs> Who gives a fuck? It, and that's how training yeah. partners should be. But yeah. it's not always like that, unfortunately. Yeah. That's so, that's, I'm almost like that too much like a detriment to where it's like I, I don't give a fuck if somebody like taps me. It's to the point to where like now um, I don't really have a strong desire to compete anymore. So it's like I just don't care. But if you like enjoy a, the sport, it doesn't. It's fine to just come in and train. Exactly. I enjoy that. But it's like um, a win or a loss means nothing at all. It's, it's all the same. And I think I think a lot of people get to that point I think where you leave you lose that like you lose the like I don't have to win this yeah 
what if I do and what if I don't? Some people never do, though. Yeah. Some people never do. And that's okay, too. I think about that a lot, though, just as I've been kind of diving deeper into this jujitsu journey of mine. Because um, people don't want to admit it, but, like, I want my fucking brown belt. Like, you know, they say train without expectations. But, like, I I started this journey with the intention of, like, getting my black belt, right? Like, that yeah. was the fucking goal. Because it's not like I'm going to stop when I get my black belt. Like, it's really just the beginning of, like, there's a whole other fucking yeah. like, system. Like, once you get past, like, once you get to your black belt, then Absolutely. there's, you know, all of that. So. I'm fucking training for that next belt. I don't like, I don't care. Like whoever wants to frown upon that, but it's like, um, fucking, where was I going with that? Kelly, where was I going with that? Um, you don't really want to compete. Oh yeah. Yeah. But competing will help you get there faster. Usually, yeah. especially in our, it depends on the system, but in our gym, competing well, our, helps yeah. you get there faster. So I'm really, really torn because I don't want to fucking compete, <laughs> but I really want my fucking brown belt. It's like, ah, man, I'm torn. I'm torn. You have to get something out of it, though, when you compete. Like, even if it's just, man, I've been practicing that move for months, and it did or didn't work. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, just the learning part of it. Yeah. Like, the things I've been practicing, are, are they, are they going to do anything in a live match where somebody does want to, like, actually hurt me or yeah. win, you yeah. know? Or have I been practicing the wrong shit? Yeah. Or not executing it how I should. Right. Yeah. But how long do you have to keep doing that is the question. Yeah. Because I have done that. And see, though, like, even when you get to your black belt, like, I think black belts should, um, even just instructor black belts should compete every once in a while. Yeah, you see it. You'll see guys compete their entire jiu-jitsu career. Yeah. Like, but it's like, do they do it because they feel like they have something to prove? Or Yeah. Like, why are they doing it? So I was talking to Kyle Watson. He like he says he likes to do it because um, it's, it's, I mean, he's just, like, kind of just leading by example. Yeah. Which I can dig that. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense, right? I mean, yeah. you want to make sure that the, the people that you're teaching know that what you're showing them works and that you can you can do it yourself. And I, I there is a huge respect that comes along with that, yeah. I think. Like, um, you know, coaches that have competed or fought or – you know stuff like that. There's a there's more of a trust there. Yeah. Like, well, they get it. They they've done it. They get it. Yeah, but eventually they stop. Yeah. How long? How long is too long? I don't know. We see that a lot in the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like you get comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like anything. Do you um so with you being you know a firefighter and an EMT like and very health conscious and everything like that do you ever think about like your brain or like the the damage on your body or like the, just you know how conflicting what you like you love to do is compared to like what you know <laughs> So I've we've me and Jimmy have had multiple talks about it actually just last night we were to sushi, we were at sushi with her friend and um, I don't even know how it came to this conversation, but uh, the beginning of the year, every year at our firehouses, you have to fill out a paper that says, if I die, these are the things I ask. This is who all my money goes to. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, Jimmy had fun with it. Like he put, you know, somebody from his crew, he picked somebody from his crew, had to be the one to tell me that he was dead. Um, at his funeral, I think he said he put in there like one of the guys had to do like a guitar sonnet or something, you know, like, yeah, just having fun with you, have, it. you have fun with it. But, um, you know, we get reminded every year, like something bad could really happen. We've our first year of marriage. We had to have the talk 
of if I die at work, what do you want? You know, like mm-hmm. how are we how are we going to handle this? Yeah, like that's a real conversation. Yeah, like some people don't even have to really plan that. I mean, they may talk about it, but they don't have to actually plan their funeral until 20, 30 years together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have that talk pretty much once a year. And uh, we have to actually say, like, I want, you know, I don't want my body laid out. I want ashes. I want you go on a trip. Have fun. Spread them. You know, do whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, for firefighters, the cancer risk is huge. Unfortunately, too, we just had a class. It's even worse for women for some reason. Women in the really? fire service are even more likely to get cancer, I guess, because, uh, you know, ovarian cancer you know, stuff like that is. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, men or women are different despite what people <laughs> want to say. So like maybe just like the body just responds differently yeah. to the, the, you know, the toxins. Yeah. So, um, you know, the risks go up and of course, martial arts, I wake up some days and I feel like I'm already 80 years old mm-hmm. and, um, but really, I mean, this might be a, a bad way to put it or go about it or, but I, I've told Jimmy, like, our odds of living till we're 90 are already f- far less than anybody else's. <laughs> so what time I do have here, I'm going to do the things I want to do. Yeah. Because when I go out, I won't have regrets. You know, it won't be, well, what if I would have went professional and really tried out my MMA career? Yeah. Like, I wonder what would have happened. Yeah. You know, like. Fuck what ifs. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's like the only regret I think I would ever have is just not going for it in fear of you know 60 years down the road yeah and with modern technology i mean you you, you probably yeah, will live to 90 i might be like bionic by the time I'm more than likely <laughs> more than likely so how does it feel to be like a role model for young girls like in this space you know what i mean because it's um it's a very like powerful position to be in, like to be like the face of like a, you know, like a professional athlete for like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how's that feel? Um, so my first couple of years in the fire service, even, um, if it was weird. Yeah. Even in the fire service, right? Like you're yeah. doing these, these, these dangerous things that, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, we've had people stop by the firehouse like, hey, I saw you guys at the gas station. I brought my daughter by because she's never seen a female firefighter. Yeah, you're saving lives and shit. Yeah. So it's it it was really weird to me the first couple of years because I'm like, I just like I'm just here to do this job and I just get paid like it's not really a big deal. And, you know, it, yeah, it, it was really awkward. But um, unfortunately, um, social media and the world put such a pressure on mm-hmm. girls for certain things um and then i mean looking back at my my life in in high school um i had an expectation for myself that was just stupid like i you know i i wanted myself to be somebody that there was no reason mm-hmm. and uh it's so sad to see the the girls that are put out there for them to look up to that you know um honestly fighters there's a lot of girls that put some some pictures out there yeah. to get some social media followers. And I'm like, if, if I had a daughter and she was, she typed in hashtag female fighter on Instagram. And these are the things that came up. I would be ashamed. Like that, I need to that's, check that hashtag out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that, that's, that that's what she thinks is expected of her. Yeah. You know, like I need to be taking all these swimsuit photos or I need to be taking pictures in lingerie or I need to be right. doing twerking videos and right. to up my followers. And it's, it's a strange world we live yeah, in. Yeah, it's crazy. So 
you know, I, I try to make sure that I, I am a good example. Um, I mean, I'm going to mess up. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I want them to see a different image. Like yeah. I want them to know that you, you know, you can believe in yourself and be positive and not have those pressures and not think you have to look a certain way or, or talk a certain way or feel a certain way. Like you can just be you and be strong and do what you want in life. Yeah. And it's okay if everybody else doesn't agree with it or yeah. not everybody else likes you because of it. So, um, I've learned to really like enjoy it and have fun with it because, um, I think I get passed along a view that's unfortunately not getting pushed out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Social media just fucked things up, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess sex is always sold, but social has made (laughs) it like it just, it's just made the barrier to entry just so much just lower. You know what I mean? You just have girls who are on there. Like they're just Instagram models. They just take pictures and like, that's it. And, um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's just so weird how certain it's like you have to like play this game. Yes. To like get exposure, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. I refuse to play that game. Yeah. But um, I've learned to have some fun with it. I don't know if you saw the squat video. It was like a month ago. Yeah, with Jimmy. That was yes. hilarious. That was awesome. So I mean, it put a little humor in there, yeah. you know, and. You, the crazy thing is, is I still I think that's actually the video with the most views on my page at this point. Really? Yes. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was, <laughs> for all the listeners, they need to check that one out for sure. Yeah, and it's it's just one of those things, right? That um, because I'm, I kind of see like the dichotomy of it to where if you're promoting just like a healthy, strong body, like that's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like what are you what are you presenting? You know what I mean? Is it just like a, is there any substance to like? the picture you know what i mean like yeah are you just posting a booty pic for a booty is pic, there you know a message I mean? right is there uh yeah yeah because it's like there's nothing wrong with like embracing like your body and your figure and like yeah. it, and it's okay to show that you know what i mean but exactly so it's like there's that that balance right uh such a weird place um so i kind of got on a tangent for a second but uh you guys are tricking out this uh it's a school bus right yes (laughs) (laughs) oh it goes along with that i don't want to have any regrets thing because yeah we've been talking about doing this for a long time and uh luckily my husband just goes along with all my crazy ideas and uh so dope we we did a we redid that camper last year which we still have but um you know i've i guess you could kind of say the bus thing is a trend thing but i've I've been looking into this for years. Yeah. And uh, I was on Craigslist one morning. We were literally just like every day sitting there, get up, have our coffee and breakfast at our little table by our window mm-hmm. and uh, looking through Craigslist. And I found this bus on Craigslist. And I've been looking at these things on Craigslist like years and years. I mean, it's a couple thousand dollars all the time. And I'm like, we don't have the money for that right now. And But this one I found, super cute short bus. And uh, it's an 83, so it has, like, the really cool body style, like, real, real rounded. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sitting there, and I look at him, and I go, so how would you feel about buying a bus today? And he's like, ha And, like, goes back to eating. He's like, ah, oh, shit, you're serious, aren't you? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh, already messaged the guy, and he still has it. Um, and it's in Farmington. 
you know, so that it's wasn't that too far. far for us. He said it runs so we can drive it back. No big deal. We don't need a trailer or anything. And uh, he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't know. Let's, let's ask him more questions and talk to him. So I went back and forth with the guy for a little bit and um, I got off the phone and I'm like, this is what's going on. He goes, all right, tell him we'll be there this evening. <laughs> so went down to get it and yeah, I mean, it's coming along, but I actually had one of the guys from the gym, Skyler. He was over last night. He's going to work on the motor and stuff for us. Nice. But uh, we have flooring in. We have a futon. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, I have a little desk in there right now. I think I'm going to try to convert into like the kitchenette. Okay. <laughs> so you have a camper and a bus. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Because for a second, I thought they were the same thing, but then I just realized they're two different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the camper was, um, the thing is, we have an older truck that can pull the camper, mm -hmm. so it can't go on like real long trips. And I don't want a car payment again. So yeah, I don't blame you. So it was like. This thing was under two grand, and it runs great, mm -hmm. and yeah. That's where it's at, man. That is totally mm. where it's at. I, um, I'm, I'm assuming I can get tickets. I'm, do you know what Burning Man is? Yes. I'm, I'm, I've been wanting to go forever. I'm, I'm, I'm going this year. Like, there's no Where is it this year? It's in the same place every year, so it's Black Rock, Nevada. I thought they, I thought they changed it. So they have little regional Burning Man get togethers but okay. like the but big, there's the like the big burning okay. man is um it's in they call it black rock which is out in the middle of Nevada. yeah it's yeah like nowhere yeah it's it's just in the desert and it's just a city like for that week yeah there's like fifty thousand people or whatnot so um you have to register for just like i think like the general tickets um mm. coming up on the third so next week coming up on you have to register for the tickets on the third i think the third and the fourth there's like two days that it's open up or something for registration and you have to buy the tickets tickets go on sale on the 10th they like this might be our year i'm doing it i'm not fucking around like i'm i'm doing it my mom has a camper i'm gonna see if i can borrow it or something either way let's they do say it. i we'll, so i read a bunch of uh, we'll get a group and we'll fucking do it. you can only buy two tickets really yeah so it was uh, it was one of the chat forums I read on it, and they were talking about um, certain campers and stuff are hard to take out there. I guess because like the sand and everything, like it has to be what you pull it with and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so you might have a little bit to look into. But well, she has an RV. Okay. Yeah, so it drives itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It's fucking. I'm just gonna be rad. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming she'll I let me borrow it. I don't know. Either way, you got to fucking bring all your own shit. Maybe the bus the could be done by then, and we could just bus it. Yeah. It's like $425, I think, per ticket, and then it's like, I think, 80 bucks for a um, like a vehicle pass. That's still not bad, though. It's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. It's four days, isn't it? No, it's like seven. Oh, I thought it was only like No, four. it's like a whole week. I'd still do it. I'm doing it. I'm not fucking around. Like, I've been planning this thing for like two or three years. You have to bring all of your like, all of your own supplies, all of yeah. your own water, everything. It's like yep. it's an entirely gifting community, so people will give you shit too. I think you can buy ice while you're there. They have a uh, like people will bring in their art and stuff like that. They make too, right? Yeah, there's like okay. it's, it's really whatever experience that you want to make of it because there's p there'll be people there giving like talks, like TED talks, and there'll be people there doing like workshops um, of various different types, like even like yoga or maybe like art or some shit. But then yeah, there's like a huge art gallery everywhere. Just really whatever you want to make of it. Yeah. I think there's a battle dome. <laughs> I saw that. No, um, <laughs> Barb Hunchak. She she had a picture in it. 
Oh, really? Yeah, she's like swinging in this awesome she went? outfit. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, she had stuff on her Instagram from it. I oh, think it was for her birthday or something like that. Uh, okay. But yeah. Yeah, that battle that it was looked awesome. Dope, right? It looks awesome. Right? It looks awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So along with that, you know, the bus, we're planning on um, using it as sponsor space too. Mm, that'd be good. So just for everybody out there, if you want sponsor space on the bus, it is actually going to be named the Pokey Chokey. Because it's not the fastest thing in the world, so it's pokey, and we're planning on going a lot of chokey trips with it. I can dig it. So jujitsu tournaments all around the country. Yes. Hell yeah. So that's where it's at. Whenever I went to LA, I just rented the van and just camped out in the van for the week. It wasn't the most comfortable because I didn't actually like have it set up. Yeah. But um, dude, vans are the shit. And there's buses a lot of places that do free parking now too for people like like buses and stuff like that. Yeah. There's lists you can find online of like retailers that don't care if you sleep in the parking lot yeah yeah i just see that <laughs> i just parked outside of like some friend's house and whatnot but yeah i did see that because i was looking up like where the fuck can i park at in la yeah. and they're like uh, there's apparently some um there's some program in la that um for like homeless for a night because there's just so many people sleeping in their car and like you mm. could register with that and then you could go to a place where they had um like some sort of like security guard patrolling all the time Oh, well. That's pretty cool. I yeah. mean, I didn't register for it, but um, I thought it was a pretty cool service. Yeah, so. you know. Like, you know that's available now. Yeah, yeah. I think more and more people are just sleeping in their cars, especially in California. I mean, I mean it's fucking nice. I, I would maybe move to California and sleep in my car if I could just live that. I would. Do you remember growing up and um, did you watch, uh, like, Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live? Some. With uh, Do you remember the, the skit with Chris Farley where he was a guidance counselor and uh, it's like David Spade was the kid, and like his parents found them. It was it was him and his sister, David Spade and some other person. But their parents found them smoking weed, so they hired Chris Farley to come in to speak to the kids. And he's going crazy. But the point is, he keeps saying like, "If you keep fucking up, you're gonna live in a van <laughs> down by the river." <laughs> I do remember that. It's I do classic. remember that. And sounds, now everybody's like, yeah, I'm sounds, in. Sounds okay, fucking great. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I sign up? Yeah. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> it's amazing how those things change. Yeah, man. Perspective changes everything. Well, Kelly, this has been a fantastic conversation. We're right on hour. Um, I want to keep you too long. Um, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. If there is anything that you want to plug, promo, sponsors, where can people get a hold of you? It's all, you know. I should have made a list, um, but so social media outlets. Yes, your social handles. Uh, Kelly and D'Angelo on Facebook, Kelly A. D'Angelo on Instagram, and I think it's Kelly A. D'Angelo on Twitter as well. Can't say I'm a Twitterer. But I'm not a Twitterer. Yeah, I'm I just not, I'm not post very good on at Twitter it. through Instagram. Yeah, the same. Um, but uh, I mean, we got we got some sponsors right now that are um, kind of hanging on the hook, waiting for my my next fight which um you know we've we've been working with invicta to try to get on the card and i've got turned turned down from quite a few fights at this point so is because people are just saying no uh we've heard no's like we've heard some accepted and then call back and tell us that they turned it down or Mm. is it just tough at your weight class you're an atom weight right yeah so is that 105 i think 105 is harder and um you know i know I mean, I'll just be mean and say I know some girls want to protect their record. Yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a three and two pro. Um, I moved down a weight class. I was I was the runt at straw weight, and uh, 
you know, I've fought some hard girls. I had Emily Whitmire. She's in the UFC right now. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I'd never want to take an easy fight. So I think some people are, I mean, I'll be honest. I think they're cushioning the records yeah. and trying to stay up there. So I'm ready for a fight. And, um, yeah, I'm just waiting for a yes. Hoping the June card. So, um, where's I'll, that at? Do you know? I don't, we haven't gotten a, uh, location nope. yet. No. Mm. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that'll be announced soon. And then I'll be throwing all our, our new sponsors and stuff out there and, uh, Put them on all my social media outlets and probably uh, Phil Pokey Chokey. <laughs> Pokey Chokey. <laughs> I love that. That's fucking awesome. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Kelly. Yep. Thanks right, for having me. All right, everybody. Until next time.